Megadad's Checkpoint is a mature-rated podcast for mega grown-ups only, including megadads, mega moms, mega weird uncles, mega aunties, and grand megas of all types. Welcome to Megadad's Checkpoint, the monthly check-in brought to you by Megadads.org. I am Evan, and I just expended all of the energy I have right now. It's it, toddlers aren't aren't great. I'll just tell, I'll just say that much. That's uh that's all that's all I can really say. And it, it's been an exhausting week for me. I know my co-host here, Birdo. He's 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 got some stuff going on as well. Birdo, how's it going? I. I, I I've got some stuff going on, but you seem just downright. I mean, we were just talking before the show, and you had all this energy, and everything was lively, and then we hit record, and I think you died saying hello to everybody. Uh, it's good to be here with you. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, by the end of this thing, we can we can cheer you back up and make you forget that, as you said, toddlers, you know, they are assholes. Uh, I don't have any anymore. I'm reason I'm reasonably in in a good mood. It's just I got there's no gas in the tank. That's really the problem. And I, and I think th- running th- on fumes. Yeah. Well, you're a dad. That's what happens. How, how old? How, how old? What, what what toddler age are we looking at? Two, three. She will be two in about two weeks, as oh, of when we record this. So yeah, they're real assholes at that age. Oh yes, love them, but man, yes. they're assholes at that yeah, age. Yes. They don't give a shit about you or your feelings. Yes, and and I think the caffeine has has uh, worn off, so I'm, I'll probably have to refuel at some point in the show, but. Work has been tricky, so all it's been crazy week for me. It's been crazy week for Birdo. So we're going to rely on the positive vibes of our guest this week or this month, I should say. See, I don't even know what what time frame I'm in anymore. I'm like a time traveler, but like a drunk one, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but we've got the fabulous Sebastian. Is it Maudlin? And Maudlin, yeah. It's a yeah. It's a weird name. It is. It is a weird name, but that's okay. We like weird names. I mean, what, I mean, for God's sakes, my co-host name's Birdo. I mean. That's it's my last name. I wasn't I wouldn't name that you fuck. <laughs> it's just like I just I my name is Chris. I just think that's a stupid name. So I prefer, so, so you're I telling me you weren't named name. after the bad guy in Super Mario 2. You know what? That's, I that's what Adam told me. Uh, I'm not I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a good show. I can tell already. I can feel it. Uh, lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Uh, before we get into the big question, Sebastian, I want to talk about Pro Nerd Report. Yeah. So I am. Um, I write a lot of video game reviews at thepronerdreport.com. And you can also find my podcast, the, the Single Player Experience. It's the premier podcast where you can find good single player games um, to play and such like that. It's almost like a book club, but for single player gamers is the way I like to describe it. But like, yeah, I've had um, really dope conversations on the, the pro nerd report.com. And then like on the single player experience podcast on the podcast side of things, we've had people from um, animators from PlayStation on the show. We've had um, creators on the indie space. We've also had, 
some really cool conversations about like the most the most anticipated games from everything that you should be playing and everything you shouldn't kind of like look out kind of like avoid so to speak and then we also have like really cool conversations about like the top indie games that you should have on your radar so if you like indies if you like single player gamers or single player games and if you want to hear like devs do deep dives about single player games definitely check out the single player experience podcast Nice. And we'll have links in the show notes to that as well. So since you are a single player oriented guy, of course, the big question is all about multiplayer stuff. Uh, so February, in addition to all of the other holidays going on, it's also Mardi Gras this year, uh, which is super fun and exciting. And so I wanted to know about people's like your favorite video game oriented party memory now it could be like a video game party like a specific like a land party or something like that or it could be a, a, a generic party where there's a video game moment or something and i don't know what it is but Berto wanted uh, told me he, he pimped this ahead of time he said he's got a good one for this so so i'm gonna let him go first i do have a good one so for all the differences my ex-wife and I had, one of them was not uh, related to video games. We, uh, it's a passion that we both shared. And so for my birthday, she would always go out and, and try to do these elaborate things uh, for me. And she would ask, well, what do you want to do for your birthday? And it was always, I don't like, I don't like people, generally speaking. I, like, I have my friends, but I don't like people, generally speaking. I'm like, ah, oh, we'll do something low-key at the house. We have people over. We can play, like, you know, Cards Against Humanity and order pizza and do wings or, you know, whatever. And so one year she didn't ask me and she made this whole video game themed birthday party. And so we had all, all of our uh, friends come over and whatnot. And we, we did a variety of things. Um, we, we turned Mario, uh, not Mario Party, uh, Mario Kart into a drinking game, uh, which involves. So you put your drink, you have your, your beer or your mixed drink, whatever in front of you. And the rule is you cannot drink and drive. Right. So the clock goes go and you have you have choices. You either pick up the controller and you can and you can drive or you can put the or you can you know put the controller down and grab your drink. But you cannot finish the race until your drink is gone. So no <laughs> drinking and driving. So it's strategy. Do you, do you pick up the controller and try to get a head start on people who are drinking or do you, you know, try to you know, kill your drink? you know, before the start of the race or at the start of the race and just drive all the way through. And in a single race, that's easy. But when you do the whole cup. Right, and they got four races, four drinks in on that fourth cup or on that fourth race, <clears throat> and things start to get a little, little, little dicey, and and you know people are cussing at each other. But the 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 big the big moment of the of the birthday party was uh, she and her girlfriends went uh, scrounging for um, like old tires and. Uh, old like pallets from like um, uh, grocery stores and whatnot, and they built in the backyard while I was I was banished to the room for the for the morning, and they built in the backyard a um, like a Nerf gun, um, not an obstacle course, like a like an arena in our backyard, and so she went out. And she rented apparently you can rent Nerf guns. I didn't know this was a thing, but she rented Nerf guns, and she made like um, shots. And the, the concept was we're going to play like Call of Duty in the backyard and with Nerf guns. And the shots, if you got hit, you had to get – and it was like a revive shot, right? So in order for you to get back up, you had to take the shot out of your, out of your belt or whatever. And then you could you know, drink the shot like a revive and you could get back up and you could play. And it was kind of like a capture the flag meets Call of Duty 
themed thing. And it was to this day, I, I, how old was I when this happened? I was, it was my early thirties. So like 32, maybe 33. And, uh, it was awesome. Like it was, it was fucking amazing. And, uh, yeah. So that's, that's my video game related memory. Best by, by a mile. It was amazing. That is really cool. I also didn't know you can also rent Nerf guns. Apparently you can because we had to give them all back because I don't have any now. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where. How, I never asked because I was by the end of the night I was obliterated. But uh, <laughs> tons of fun, tons of fun. The Mario Kart happened last because again, ooh, I was drunk. <laughs> so and then any and any party that involves cards in community I think is always amazing, which isn't a video game technically, but I enjoy that game. Oh, yeah, there's there's actually a NerfGunRentals.com. Oh, that's dope. And, yeah, it looks like there's a few of these kind of different different related businesses doing this kind of thing all over, all over the country and possibly the world. Oh, this, this one is actually uh, NerfGunRentals.com is based out of Victoria, British Columbia in Canada. So Likely she did not go there as we live in Florida, but who knows? I don't know. I don't Probably ask. not, but it is. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like, oh, it, well, and this is probably a lot more involved than it was when you did it, but, like, they have it broken down by, like, by weapon class. They have, you know, blasters, mega blasters, rifles, automatic rifles, mega rifles, and they all have different prices. So. We just had pistols now. <laughs> <laughs> probably, because, probably because it was cheaper. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Sebastian? You've got a, you got a, what's your, what's your awesome video game party-esque memory? Well, um, I, you know, like, uh, as I'll stick with like traditional video games. I don't have anything like as cool as having a Nerf party or anything like that. But like, I, um, I remember there, like we had a tournament growing up. Um, it was around my like teenage years, and we were all playing like Super Smash Brothers Melee at the time. And you know, um, there was like a couple of people. All of us were around the same age, but there was a couple of people who brought like their younger, um, their younger like siblings. There was like so there was a couple of eight or nine year olds who were like also like, hey, we want to play like I hey, we want to enter enter in the tournament. So there's like four of them, but the rest of them there's like. So that made a, a, about like 24 of us overall in this tournament. And, you know, I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, like I don't, I, that's a lose-lose situation because like if I lose to someone that that much younger than me, like that's embarrassing. And then if I beat them, I'm like, I don't get anything out of that. You know, I, I just look like a jerk. But so I was just like, I hope I just don't get like in the first round. I hope I just don't draw one of them and like the, everything will be okay. And sure enough, like I drew the, on my first round the eight year old who wanted to actually play in the tournament the most. And you know, at first I was just like, man, I I want to play in this tournament. I've been looking forward to this so bad. And I was just like, okay, I can, I maybe I'll can suck it up and and give this kid the L. And then the kid picks up the sticks and then looks at me dead in, dead in the eyes and goes, "Your ass is going down." And <laughs> I, it's just something snapped in me and I, I like it triggered me it triggered that competitive side in me because I'm a naturally competitive person and it was when he picked up the sticks and looked at me that I knew I just had to put them hands I, I had to give him the hands in Super Smash Brothers like I had I so I picked a, like Star Fox is my vet best character so I like immediately picked him and I was just like I'm not letting him get a single life off of me and like I just wrecked shop I'm talking about like did not lose a stock. I absolutely mollywopped this kid. And, like, 
he put the controller down and you could see defeat just all in his body language and at first i felt bad and then i just like and then i was just like man he picked up the sticks though it was just like you pick up the sticks in this like environment you have to you have to be like i mean i think you did this 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 guy a favor because any any overly Mm -hmm. pompous eight-year-old i think just needs to be put down a little bit just i mean Again, not. To, uh, I'm sure this will be used in the reel for my father of the year award later in life. But it's just, it's, it's a, it's. <laughs> there's, there's something like, no eight year old should be that confident. I'm all for self esteem and all that stuff, but it's like, maybe, yeah, this, this isn't, uh, this isn't healthy. I don't, you know. But, Birdo, you were saying. Well, my personal thought is this: life is full of disappointments, right? And I think as as adults, uh, for me as a, as a parent, I think it's uh, important. I'd say vital, really, that um, we let uh, our children or our friends' children or whatever. I think that it's important that we teach them that lesson as young as possible. So if an eight year old wants to step up and 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 challenge an adult to whatever it is, I don't I don't care. I do and I do this to my own children. There's no mercy. Look, I'm going to beat you senseless. I'm going to give you these fucking hands and you're going to walk away knowing that you're not ready, right? You, you weren't ready. And, you know, you're either going to learn that, listen, life is full of disappointments, so get used to it. Or you're going to take that as an opportunity to learn and realize, hey, I'm not all that. And you're going to practice so you can get better. You're going to challenge me later. You know, when I was growing up, I, I thought I was hot shit. I'm like, oh, dad, I'll beat you at. You know, pick your pick your poison, whatever it was. We liked to go bowling when I was a kid. My dad never let me fucking win at bowling. No, he beat the shit out of me. And then I got better and I got better. And now when I go bowling as an adult, if I go if I go visit my parents or whatever, and we go bowling, I whoop his ass. I earned it. So I you like know, that, that. That eight-year-old that eight who whose place you, you put him in, you put him in his fucking place, good. He'll learn. He'll use that as an opportunity to get better. And then maybe he'll challenge you in a few years when he doesn't suck so bad. I, f- I feel like we need to. I That's feel like nice. we need to My add God. like a quick addendum. It's like we are talking about video games here, so if we keep using the terms "I beat that kid up," oh, you know, it's like we, I feel like we need to like put a little asterisk. Nah, on get there. these fucking hands. He, he played Smash Bros. He got smashed. It's like this is all virtual, people. Don't don't be calling any any CPSs or anything like that. For legal Ex- reasons, this is a joke. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. But no, I mean like. We live also in an era of, like, the Souls games are now mm-hmm. a thing. And I'm like, people, I think, like, gamers, like, expect almost to have that challenge and also have that hurdle, like, in front of them. And, like, it's almost like a thrill to overcome something nowadays. So, like, I, I'm i like y'all. I think, there's, I think there's a strong argument that, like, there's no mercy here. I'm like, if you pick up the sticks, you, you just got to get these hands. And mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things to where, like, you as a person, when you get defeated, you have to take that as a, either a learning experience or just be defeated by it. But it's up to you how you react to 100%. your, your fault. You want to cry you about know? it? Go cry to somebody who cares. It ain't me. Megadeth's checkpoint became <laughs> became a Jordan Peterson podcast so slowly that we didn't even notice it. Was <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Evan, let's get off the topic of, of murdering kids in video games. For once, for once, I'm not the one bringing up murdered children uh, in this uh, in this show. Uh, my my memory is probably a bit older than both of yours. Uh, so in college, uh, we wanted to we, we, we that was the 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 heyday of the land party. 
you know, and and getting all, mm-hmm. getting everyone together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that in college on a fairly regular basis. But there was one particular memory where we were over at a buddy's house because he lived near campus. Uh, so uh, so his house kind of became the the uh, the the locus for all of the land parties. And you know, we and this was you know early two thousand. So so like we're bringing in these towers that are like you know. 20 30 pounds each and you know giant not flat screen monitors or if they were flat screen it was because the 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 crt had a flat screen but it was still you know you know a foot deep so we're, we're lugging all this crap in and for some reason someone decided that you know like normally we were doing like four or five people it wasn't a big deal but somebody decided that we were going to make this like a more public thing and we ended up doing one that was i think like 12 people uh, which isn't huge, but it's it's big. But we the important part is we ran out of table space, and so my 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 buddy was like, "Well, all we have is this ping pong table. So let's let's we'll do that. We'll we'll add that to the table, you know, setup, and we'll get those. And I think there was about seven full computers, monitor and and uh, tower, on the on this ping pong table, and and okay. I just remember. There was a moment where, you know, we're all having fun and, and whatever, but there was a lull in everything. There was a lull in the conversation, lull in the fight. I think we were, I think we were playing Starcraft at the, at the time. And we just, uh, so, like, just out of the, the bare edge of your hearing, you just start to hear this, this kind of creak. And then the, 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 uh, the ping pong table completely evaporated. It just, it just completely collapsed in on itself. Uh, due to the way, and it was just monitors flung everywhere. I think at least one blew up uh, because it hit a corner just perfectly and, and popped the, the the CRT tube, and it was just chaos for for a good like two minutes as we were just trying to figure out what the hell just happened. But basically, like six people just had their whole systems wiped out in a go because they tried to put you know four hundred pounds of computing power on a a, a Fisher Price ping pong table. And that and that will always be the memory because it was it 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 became this this long cacophony of things because everything it, it, this is LAN so this wasn't like Wi-Fi or anything like that so every computer was hooked up to every other computer so it just became this okay all of those computers fell on the ground and 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 broke and all that stuff and then they started pulling off other computers off of the other tables and it just it just became this slapstick train wreck of of computers everywhere and you know we were all poor college kids i mean this was this this was a significant investment uh, for all of us so it was it was it was a little traumatic but looking back it was it was it was freaking hilarious because we should have known better we really should have but we were we were blinded by the glow of starcraft the second you said uh the, the second you described the table i just i because i can see mm-hmm. I can see and I can hear in my mind's eye the cacophony of just the table collapsing mm-hmm. and all these very heavy, bulky, full-size desktops just, you know, sliding in into the middle and just like exploding or in these monitors just these big CRT monitors just coming together and just oh, I can see it. I can hear. It. I can hear the the chaos and the heartbreak for anybody's device. Who was who was destroyed? And of course, you know, we all we all had our towers on the table because it, that way we could prevent people from looking at mm-hmm. our monitor. We like made our own little like cubicles out of the towers, so all everyone's towers, which should have been on the ground, 
but no, we needed we needed privacy because we were all expert players, of course, uh, and and but we needed we needed our little cubicle. So yeah, it was it was, but that was that was just one of those like again looking back, it was like that was there was a lot of fun, but it was like oh god, that was the other good memory I had was we broke into, um, again this is gonna date me. We broke into the one of the AV rooms in, on campus, and we played. Uh, I think it was eight. Whatever the maximum number of players you could play on Halo multiplayer. Uh, it might have been eight, might have been 12. I don't remember. I want to say eight. But we played it on basically their conference room setup. So it was all eight of us against this on this video wall. And it was it was like eight-way split screen. And that was ex- extremely fun. Uh, and uh, and at least one person uh, got on academic probation. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> so... <laughs> That is yeah. crazy, because they were not. It was I. Yeah, I, I seem to remember someone actually lost their job over that because like they, they they had access but they weren't supposed to like you know have a Halo party in this room, because um, I mean at the time this was like state of the art and you know it was probably you know sixty seventy thousand dollars worth of AV equipment and uh, just a bunch of kids, you know, <laughs> plugging in Xboxes into it. It was it was. It was a bit of a mess, but I wasn't affected negatively in any way, so it's fine. You know, nowadays that sort of thing would be celebrated. Like that would be, be like a college would probably look at that and be like, "Hey, I hope y'all posted that online so we can get some publicity out of that." You know? Well, yeah, no you know, I was thinking about that because, like, a few a few months ago, we had on uh, the head of a college esports team and i'm like man that's it's so different than when it was in my day where yeah you're exactly right it was like this we were delinquents back then and now again like you said that we'd be celebrated and we'd be we'd be yelled at because we didn't record it yeah it's it's crazy how everything turned around but yeah i remember those landline on those like landline parties with halos so specifically and i you know like i was sort of reminded that and we and like this last couple of weeks because you know um 007 um golden just dropped on on um yeah Gold, on game pass and on switch and like overrated game what hot take oh i'm not gonna discuss it I'm not gonna discuss it it's an overrated game it's an overrated game no we're gonna discuss it briefly because i'm gonna agree with both of you on this i do mm-hmm. think it's an overrated game but highly but there is something to be said for nostalgia and and I think you know everyone's got those movies or games or whatever that we talked a little bit about this last episode too, where the game itself was not great, but it's wrapped up in so much nostalgia, so much good memories that it's good by proxy. You know what I mean? And I think for a lot of people, Goldeneye is that. I think if you played the game, isn't good. What makes Goldeneye so nostalgic in people's eyes is because of when it came out. Um, and, and just like with Halo, which, which came after those land parties, mm-hmm. right? So it's fun because you've got your buddies all sitting around, you know, the giant TV in the, in the living room. Uh, and, and so it's fun in that regard, but as a game on its own right, mm-hmm. without, without the people around you, without, without the, without the party aspect of the multiplayer for, for GoldenEye, that game is garbage. Now and then i don't care it's overrated i i don't care i can understand the the gameplay element because like it hasn't aged well but i'm like it does have elements that i think are you know better than a lot of its like contemporaries in the of that day and age i will say like 
like undisputedly that game has one of the like dopest soundtracks i've ever seen in a video game that like when you hit that start button and hear the the beat that abs- that drops on that it's just iconic you know soundtrack undeniable mm-hmm. yes Get, but but the gameplay i just uh i can't i can't i and you know what i tried to play it i'm like oh it's on I don't have Game Pass anymore because I don't use my Xbox hardly ever, but I do have uh, Rare Replay, and they just added it for free mm. to Rare Replay. So if you have, so that I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll download it, and I played it, and I changed the control scheme to like whatever the name you could. They they had like a Martin ish control scheme you can you can use, and I put that on, and I played the the opening level, uh, was the dam, and I was just like, I hate every second of this. I don't care. I can listen to it. I'll listen to the soundtrack all day long. But I can't, I can't, I can't play this game. A lot of those console first-person shooters of that era were really rough at mm-hmm. best, and it, it's, it's, they hadn't figured out how to really make the controls work well or the camera work 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 real well. It was, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was an awkward time. It was, it was, it was the awkward teen years of the first-person shooter, and uh, yeah, and- it's like, it's like, um, it's, it's almost. It's not literally, but it's almost like that first generation 3D games on the PS1, right? Sure. Where you have fond memories of these games, but go back and play like original PS1 games. They are, man, you have to really like that game for what it is (laughs) because it is a, it's probably a hot piece of shit. Yeah. But you're nostalgic for it because it's, you know, you have those fond memories of playing it at that time in your life, uh, you know, with friends or, or with whatever. I mean. None of us are that old where the PS1 is like we played the PS1 in high school, I don't think. Uh, so Yeah. You know, yeah, no one's that nostalgia, old. <laughs> nostalgia is a hell of a fuck, I forget the I forget that I'm the baby on the team. Uh nostalgia is a, a hell of a fucking drug, it is. you know. And unfortunately for Goldeneye. Yeah, I, I can say I was I'm a I'm a nineties kid, so like I grew up playing the like the playstation one was probably my core console to where i was just like this is my first console of where like it was mine that i owned personally you know like it wasn't like one of those that i inherited from someone else but like i would probably say you're right on the money that some of those didn't age well outside of the turn-based games because the turn-based games are you know they're they're like almost ageless they're timeless so to Mm -hmm. speak Mm -hmm. yes yes i agree so, what are we playing? I, I want I want Sebastian to go first because he's playing a game that I think, like a lot of people, I knew nothing about before it was released, and now it's like, oh god, this is awesome game, uh, and that is um, Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. Yes. Shadow dropped out of nowhere. I really, I'm, I'm really digging this game. I think this is like. You know, if if like unfortunately for Hi-Fi Rush, if like if the year was to end like right now, it would be game of the year right now. Like it is that good. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I don't think it's a ten out of ten by any means, but I do think this is a very solid game. And to me, this is indicative of like this is the direction I hope Xbox moves into. I hope they embrace all this because this is a game by Tango um, Tango Studios. Um, for people who don't know, that's a sub branch of Bethesda. Bethesda is owned by Microsoft. You know, you get the whole like the ladder there. But like, I I really like this game. I think this is a strong mix between like it has elements of Guitar Hero, it has elements with the the actual like rhythm and having to be on beat and everything like that. It has elements of Guitar Hero. It mixes in those well with like the Devil May Cry, Kingdom Hearts action um, action slasher that is going that is like trying to be. And then it has some 
some slight platforming elements. While I don't think those elements are like the best of the best, like the gameplay is so fun. The characters are so nuanced and they're so energetic. And this feels like a breath of life, especially from Tango Gameworks, who's like renowned at doing horror games. So have any of you like played this game yet? I haven't. Like I, said, I don't have I don't have Game Pass. I hardly use my Xbox. I know it's available. I, I believe it's also on PC. Yeah. It is. It is. I just haven't checked it out. I, I just have I, I want to. I, I again, there's nothing but positive praise about this game. And it seems like one of those things where like, I don't have FOMO by any by any stretch of the imagination. But it definitely seems like one of those games where based off of virtually everybody I know that has played it has no one has anything negative to say about this game, like visually gameplay, soundtrack. Uh, everything I've heard is nothing but uh, uh, amazing things. It's on my bucket list, but I, I haven't played it yet. But I will. Yeah, yeah. I'm in this. I'm in the same boat. I'm. I don't have an Xbox, so I'm stuck with Steam. And looking at the the minimum requirements, I am just at them. So I I don't know if I'd be having the best experience uh, with them. I mean, I have a, I have a fairly old uh, PC. I, it broke my heart. It broke my heart when I saw that this was Xbox exclusive because I'm like, I would love to play this game. Uh, I've I've seen comparisons to uh, Jet Set Studio or uh, Jet Set Radio, Jet Set Radio and Jet um, Set Overdrive are like big comparisons yeah, that I'm getting out of this. Yeah. And and I love Sunset Overdrive. I tried to play Jet Set Radio, uh, but I I played it on PC, and the PC port of Jet Set Radio is only slightly better than the original Final Fantasy VII PC port, uh, which is famous for just how god awful it was. And uh, the yeah, the Jet Set Radio one's not great either. Uh, so I don't know if I had a good experience with that, but I did play Sunset Overdrive back in the day, and I really enjoyed that. So it's like I feel like I really want to play this game, and I think it would work well with it's very different than a lot of the other stuff I'm playing right now. So it's like, I want to play this game. It's like, it needs to be on PlayStation, but I don't think it's ever going to happen or at least it will for not no. for another, not for another couple Tango, of years Tango at minimum game studios is owned by Microsoft. That one's not coming to yeah. all the platforms, uh, but I mean that so I, I'm sort of happy for that because like, uh, like Xbox hasn't had a real big win in a very long time because like, even mm-hmm. like some of the games that Bethesda has put out there, when you look at like, games like um death loop and ghostwire tokyo those were playstation contracted games you know so i'm like yeah it 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 Mm -hmm. almost feels like this is like for xbox gamers this is kind of like a win that they they kind of get to experience that they haven't had in a long time and then like they like they get to experience that that like almost like kingdom hearts rush that playstation gamers have had for like years Mm. at this point you know where kingdom like kingdom hearts used to be like a playstation exclusive franchise and you like xbox gamers never got to experience that this is almost like them getting to say hey like it's finally our chance it's finally our turn you know yeah, I think you're out right on the money with by saying that uh, they needed this, and I think they did, right? Phil Spencer was on an interview a couple weeks ago at this point now, uh, well over a month by the time this actually airs, and he he said again, and, that, and not for the first time, that, oh yeah, 2022 wasn't super great for Xbox, you know, first party titles, exclusives or otherwise. And it's like, yeah, you, you bought all these damn studios and nobody's putting anything out. And then you have this shadow drop, no announcement, no, no, nothing. It's just no one, no one knew this thing was, was in development or, or anything and just bam. And not only does it shadow drop, it's amazing. And so, yeah, Xbox, I've kind of fallen out of love with Xbox ever since I got the PS5. I've just been focusing on like the PlayStation um, back catalog of things that came out in the first year. And um, 
but I, I was I was a big Xbox guy, and then they just quit releasing games, almost kind of like Nintendo. And uh, for them to drop this thing, it's uh, it, the fact that they haven't had a, a, a big like release in so long is is kind of the other reason why I'm so intrigued to check this out because I haven't played anything on the Xbox in a while, and this is like kind of that invitation to say, hey. Turn your Xbox back on. We got something really, really awesome over here that isn't available anywhere else. So, yeah, I'm looking. Although I'll, I'll probably pay it on on PC though, because yeah, I mean to add to that though, I mean like you know I equate like Xbox where like Xbox and where they're at right now, especially with their first party lineup, almost like um almost if you were a billionaire and you just bought like a sports franchise and that sports franchise was like. On, it was rebuilding so to speak like and it takes a little while to rebuild that franchise around you have to get like the right draft picks you have to make sure all the management is right in place but like xbox is starting to show that like they're now starting to show like the this investment was worth it with like games like this with games like pentiment pentiment is another game that is a smaller scale game that most people didn't have on their radar it wasn't shadow dropped but it was a game that was just like Hey, this is kind of like our low key passion project from Obsidian, Obsidian, and Obsidian. Like, we know them as like the creators of like the Outer Worlds games, and like that. That's what we mostly know that studio was focused on for Xbox. But like that game came out, it's it's it was getting tens. Like IGN um, gave it a ten. It currently has a ten ten out of ten on Steam. So I'm like, that's another game to where you can they can put it in their portfolio and say like, hey. We're starting to build a catalog here where people are eventually going to take notice and being like, hey, that's one of the better catalogs in games right now. I don't think they're quite there with like, I don't think they're up there with the PlayStation exclusives yet, but this is a start, you know? I'm just mad that I don't have an Xbox, honestly. Like for the longest time, I'm like, exclusives are stupid and and all this stuff. And, And I haven't changed my position on that, especially now that it's actually hurting me. But it's uh, it's. I just I I want it, but I don't have to buy them things. Just give me things. I I think the one here's a cool part that I really enjoy about this aspect is like you don't necessarily have to have a good PC, but you like just sign up for Game Pass because both of these games I mentioned, Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush, are cloud enabled. So I'm like, you are able to if you have like Game Pass Ultimate, you can just play those games directly on your cloud stream. And like for me, who like I live in like a very populated area in dallas texas like the internet my internet's pretty like pretty solid and i don't necessarily have to have like a super high-end gaming pc in order to play those games the pc way on the cloud streaming or you know you can you if you as long as you have like game pass ultimate the the subscription like you can use an older xbox like an xbox one and an xbox like and one X and still be able to play those, the, the series X and S versions of those games just by cloud streaming. So I'm like, I, I feel like now it's not like Xbox doesn't necessarily have to have the console in order to, for you to sell the game, but the subscription is more important almost than the console itself. That's, um, that's a thousand, a thousand percent true. I don't think Xbox gives a shit if you buy an Xbox. No, they don't give a shit if you buy an Xbox. They don't give a shit if you buy an Xbox console ever again. They want you on Game Pass. That is all they care about, which is why their cloud streaming is so, it's, it's actually very good. I've, I've used it quite extensively. It's, it's, it's fucking quite good. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it works so, it works well no ma- regardless of what console you're using, um, what Xbox console you're using, that is, and regardless of what, like, what, 
desktop you're using or what PC you're using. I can use this like Xbox Cloud Gaming on a um, on a Chromebook, and you know Chromebooks aren't supposed to play anything whatsoever. I'm like they chug when you turn on Google Chrome, but like I can play it on a Chromebook and it works really well. I can play it on an iPad. I can play it on a older gaming PC, and as long as that Game Pass subscriptions on, I'm playing that game. You know, maybe not with the best um, fidelity as far as like the graphics go, but I'm playing a a solid game and the Xbox Series X version of that game seamless seamlessly. Like I th- I think that's amazing. Well, I'm, all I'm saying is, if they don't care if we sell Xboxes, my address is on the website. Just saying, <laughs> Microsoft. Yeah. Just saying. You you have to buy one though, uh, specifically. Oh, you have to buy one. Fine. Sorry. You have to buy one because you can't play RimWorld on on an Xbox. So I guess you don't really need one, though. Uh, I think you actually could. <laughs> I actually don't know. Uh, I know they released a console version. I don't know if the Xbox is oh, is Jesus there. Christ. So, but you don't get the mods. So, and that's really where all the really horrible stuff happens. So that's you know. So there's that. Berto, what are you playing? Uh, nothing. Nothing recent. Um, for better or worse. I um, bet my game's older. Last month we just. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, last month we discussed um, that I was playing through Final Fantasy VII, uh, the original, not not remake. Um, so I, I beat that, and then uh, I went through and I played through Crisis Core because uh, I was told explicitly not to do that until I had played the original Final Fantasy VII game. So I did that. I beat Crisis Core in the last month, and then I said, "Screw it! I'm gonna re." I just got into like this very JRPG kind of headspace. So now I am. Uh, when I'm in the office, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake again uh, with the context of having played the original uh, finally after 37 uh, years. Well, I guess 25 for the game. Um, and then I'm also another super old RPG. I'm playing Dragon Quest VIII on, the, uh, on, my, on my DS. Um, I, I love, I just, I'm just in that headspace where that's what I want to play. I want to play classic. Well, I guess Seven Remake isn't classic right because the gameplay elements have changed although the game you know what it's founded on is but uh, i'm just in that very classic jrpg kind of mood and then when i can get people online uh i'm tra- i'm playing fortnite i swore this game off evan <laughs> let me tell you something i feel like yeah I we talked about fortnite off. and you we you, talked you... about this a couple months ago and i was like no i can't i i understand why it is what it is and why it's as big as it is and and i can appreciate the 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 kind of toy box nature of it, right? Just take every any any IP or property that you give a damn about or gave a damn about as a kid, and it likely exists now in in Fortnite as a as a skin or a character. Uh, so you've got like Master Chief and Laura Croft and Aloy and RoboCop and Spider Man and Darth Vader and Goku, just all you know, just shooting people in the face. And uh, I'm like, I get it. But it's just not for me, right? Because all the building, the, the, I, this is the argument I've made for as long as the game has existed is I don't want to get into a one-on-one, like a, a gunfight. And while I'm trying to shoot you in the face, you flick your wrists and build a 14-story hotel. And now I got to deal with this shit. And I'm not doing that. I, I, I can't. I refuse. Well, they released this no-build mode. I guess it's been out for a couple of months. Um been out for a while. Like, yeah. I'll try the no build mode, and I love it. I legit. I bought the battle pass. I've maxed out the battle pass, uh, and in like two days from the time of recording, they're going to release uh, Geralt from The Witcher, who is one of my favorite uh, protagonists in any video game ever. 
So I'm going to get Geralt. Uh, so I've I, I almost said 360, but a complete 180 on on Fortnite. <laughs> and yeah, I try to play. If I can get people online, I try to play all the time. It's fucking no build mode. Fantastic. It's just you. The other people, you shoot them in the face, and they don't build a hotel in front of you. You can just do murder, and it's great. You know, a lot of people. So a lot of people have talked about the no build mode, and I just I find it humorous as hell that you know when Fortnite was originally released, it was like we can't compete against PUBG at the time, but we're we're doing this different thing. We're adding building. We're doing all this other stuff, and then as all of the competitors fall away. <laughs> And leaving Fortnite on top of the hill, they're like, yeah, let's just get rid of the thing that made us different now because we're the only game in town. Oh, and by the way, like you said, we have everything in IP. Every IP is here. Anyone that you want, it, you can find. You know what? It's it's worked out it for It absolutely because, worked for them. Look, the building, I was never into. And, th and, and that the great thing is those modes exist you know, in tandem to each other. So you can choose. Yeah, I want to do – like when I play with Adam, right, uh, he, he plays uh, – him and his son play all the time. And when they play, uh, his son likes the build mode. He's really good at it. So we'll do like trios or whatever. It'll be me, Adam, and, and Elliot. And I'm like, I'm not going to build anything. But if you build a cool, if you build the Taj Mahal in the middle of this firefight, I'll, I'll get inside. Like, <clears throat> it's advantageous. So, of course, I'll, 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 I'll do that. But I'm not going to assist in the building. You give me a rocket launcher and I'll, I'll, I'll help take down the other person's whole town. I'll shoot the base out of it but I have, I have no desire to do the building so the fact that they were able to say look we're going to have we're not going to get rid of it we're just going to have these two modes that exist simultaneously and you just choose what playlist you want to be in you want to do building and then you have you know singles duos trios or full squad or you want to do no build and then you get the, you get the same thing it's not like they they didn't hamstring it they didn't they didn't half fast it's not like oh well there's no build mode but it's only available in full squads it's only available in so no it's you get Pick your poison. Do you want to do build? You don't want to do build. And you get the entire experience in between. So, you know, I, I look, man, I, I, I made a public, I think it was a month ago, maybe a little longer. I made a public apology video on uh, on Twitter and the Megadad's TikTok saying I owed, like it's a big deal, I owed uh, Epic and Fortnite a public apology because for years on stream, I talked about fuck this game, fuck everything about this game, and I for the argument about the... It's 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 skill, but not a not a skill as a shooter. It's skill as a, a as a architectural design game. Like it wasn't a shooter. It was who can build the fastest wins the game. Mm -hmm. And so I talked shit for years, and then they 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 gave me no build modes. I'm like I owe Epic and Fortnite an apology, and uh, that got a lot of traction. I got a lot of heat for it, but I'm enjoying it. So fuck it. I'm sorry. It's, it's awesome. You should play Fortnite. No build for, like you your story kind of reminds me of um avengers endgame when thanos is just like sitting down on his like on the rubble and he's just like where has this brought you back to me and then fortnite is just and fortnite is basically thanos in this equation to where he's like yeah you, you came back you basically i got you i you you held out as long as you oh, can but man. now i got you I and Thanos and Th Thanos and Birdo have God the same it. hairline too, so it all works. It all it's wheels within wheels, man. God damn it! it you know the crazy yeah, thing I, is, I'm like I'm, I'm holding I'm out still, you, and so. I understand that like the no build mode is like sensational. I understand like the the game is really good for everything that it does. I love the I love how many skins they're giving people, and the fact that you can customize and be whoever you basically want in the universe now is the reason why I'm still holding out. Is just like 
I know that I'd get lost in this game. Like I'd just sink down the rabbit hole just like you, Berto, and like never come out and I already have like a backlog of games that I'm like I, I want to get through. And this is probably the most stacked year of video games that we've seen in probably a decade. So I'm like, I, I can't get on the hype train. I just can't do it at this point. You have the self-esteem that I thought I had, and then I lost it. And like you said, I'm lost. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I, ha- I have the exact same opinion of D- uh, Deep Rock Galactic, where it's like, I'm, I've been avoiding it because I know I'm going to just s- fall into that hole. No pun intended. Again, uh, it's just, it's... It, I'm with you. Like there's games that I know I'm going to enjoy, but I intentionally stay away from just because I know like, Oh, I need to like go to work and, you know, actually live my, my life. Family yeah. On occasion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See my family on occasion. So, yeah. So I mentioned briefly that uh, my game is going to be older and I, I do think I'm going to win sort of, but that's good enough for me. Uh, I mean, for, in terms of games I'm playing, a lot of the same stuff. I'm still doing RimWorld. I'm st- I don't have any good RimWorld stories this month. Uh, I've kind of thank God, kind of dialed back a little bit on that, just for a host of different reasons. Uh, but still doing Marvel Strike Force because I'm sick and sad. Uh, I'm still doing Fallen London, which if you're playing Fallen London, uh, hit me up either on the Discord or something because there's so there one of the big events is going on right now the the Feast of the Rose is going on right now and and you, there's a lot of character interactions so I'd love to meet people from the Mega Dad's world uh, in there so but I, for some reason I got this wild hair and I I, I I reinstalled a game that I've played on and off since it first came out back in 2007. It's probably one of my top five games of all time, just in terms of hours played, but also just I, I just I enjoy the hell out of it. And it's a game called Titan Quest, and it is it's a PC only game. Although they did release a console version, I want to say a couple of years ago. But the crazy thing with this story is, so it was released in two thousand seven. It sat there, basically, I'm not necessarily forgotten. I mean, it, it's a Diablo style game. Uh, set in a world of mythology. So you start in kind of a Greek mythology world, uh, and then you move on to an Egyptian one, and then there's a, a kind of an Asian, a pan-Asian one. And it sat there kind of ob- semi-obscure for like 10 years, 11 years. And then all of a sudden, somebody bought it and released an expansion for it. And ever since then, there's been expansions just about every year and a half or so for this game that, again, at this point is now 15 years old. And they're still putting out content for this game. They just released uh, a an expansion at the end of 2021, um, but they're still like patching it and they're still tweaking it and things like that. So there's this ongoing development for it. And it's fascinating to watch because it is it's very much a sleeper hit. Uh, like I said, it's a, it's a Diablo-style game. And... Uh, it was released at a time where, I mean, I think Diablo 2 was the one that was just out at that point. But it, it, it was very retro. It did a lot of the things that Diablo doesn't do. Like, the, the, big, kind of, the big kind of draw with this game is, so, like, Diablos, you're talking five or six kind of character classes. And you might have uh, maybe two or three viable builds within those classes. The way that they do the character progression in this game is... Right off the bat, you set a mastery. 
uh, which is kind of like, it's kind of like a class, but it's more like a theme of different powers and they can be, they can be more melee. They can be more ranged. They can be different kinds of magic. They can be different styles of play. Like there's one of them is like a rogue. So you're more hit and run. Whereas if you pick warfare, you're more upfront and, and glass cannony and all that. And then a little bit, like maybe an hour or two into it, you get to pick a second mastery. And so you basically, you build this character up with these, these, this gr- these groupings of skills and you kind of build these custom classes for you. And so by the end of it, each expansion has now added a different mastery to it. So now I think there is like uh, 13 different masteries. So there's something like, I, I don't know the math on this, but it's, it, it's hundreds of different combinations you could have. And then within each one of those, there's two or three kind of viable builds that you can do. So it's incredibly flexible in terms of the, uh, in term, in terms of the character building, in terms of what you can do, uh, you know, the, the different types of skills you can do. They make it really easy to, to change that. Like you can buy back those points that you put in those skills and change how your build works. If you find different kinds of weapons, things like that. It's a really interesting concept and, and I haven't seen it done in these kind of games, uh, before you get, there's another game that came out actually from the same people called Grim Dawn. I want to say a few years ago, similar ideas and they, they have the same kind of character progression, but beyond that, there, there's not much going on in this world outside of Diablo, and it's it's very much a a and Diablo is very set in its ways, and I don't see them doing this, uh, you know, t- taking some of the lessons from this and making things really interesting on that front. I think Diablo is, I'm I'm, <sighs> there's a part of me that wants to replay them just because I enjoy that world, um, you know, before the next one comes out, but there's also a part of me that's like they're a really shitty company and the new one seems like it's all of the shittiest parts of those country of that company. Uh, so I, I'm a little hesitant on that front, but for now I can, I can be my guy and, and he's, you know, he's, he's, uh, beating up minotaurs and, and all that stuff. It's super fun. I, I recommend it. it's dirt cheap. Uh, I think steam, it's like 20 bucks and, uh, each of the expansions are like 10, 15 bucks. Uh, but you can get a ton of gameplay out of it. And, and while they don't do the, the like the random levels and things like that that Diablo does now. Uh, I think just the character building is uh, is so interesting. And there's something to be said. The one thing I never liked, but or the one thing that I, I I was always a little disappointed with some of the graphics on Diablo in terms of like the monsters and things like that. They ragdoll stuff in this game. And so like when you, if you do a ton of damage, like you will send people flying and, or if you hit a skeleton, they will explode and you just see each individual bone go in different directions and things like that. It's, I mean, it's, it's not going to win game of the year ever, but it's a good kind of mindless game. It's become my kind of cooldown game at the end of the day, because I can just kind of mindlessly, you know, click things, but it shows how old I'm getting because I actually, I have a sore pointer finger knuckle. Uh, from yeah. from the last week, <laughs> just because I've been playing it so much, and I'm old. Because you've been you've been clicking. Too I've been much. clicking too much. I've got it's I've got Diablo finger. It's uh it's no good. I've got a cheese. Oh, I don't like the way that sounded at no. all. No, I've got uh I don't have Diablo finger. I've got um Warcraft callus. Uh, oh, nice. So not I don't play Warcraft anymore, but I I did for you know close to a decade, pretty hardcore. And uh, I developed uh on my right wrist, kind of where you know where you're. At least the way I hold my mouse, where my kind of wrist lays oh, sure, yeah. on my desk. Yeah, and it's just I got this nasty fucking callus thing there, nice. and it just you know 
that's going to be there forever. When I was growing up, we had we would get Nintendo knees <laughs> because we would sit and play cross-legged mm. for hours at a time, and then you just you, you try to stand. Oh, you try, you, you you try to stand up, and it just it, you've got no strength left in your knees. But, and we were, you know, young and vital. Boy, children. the evolution of humans are going to be interesting over the next like decade and decade and a half, <laughs> right? <laughs> Gotta gotta get over this Diablo finger and Warcraft wrist and, and Nintendo knees. And then the way like our hands are probably gonna morph to like configure out because all we, we keep holding like our cell phones in our hands like constantly. Like yeah. Oh sure. Oh my goodness. We're gonna grow an extra finger to hold the cell phone so we can still have the fingers we need to do whatever, but that extra you know you know you hold your finger or your phone, most people do like with their pinky on the on the, by the charging part at the bottom. We're gonna have to we're gonna we're gonna yeah, morph and have another another digit there to hold to hold the phone. Yeah, we're probably, is what it's yeah I'm be. generally not a big I'm I'm generally not a big biohacker guy, but I I'd be down for a, a sixth finger. You know, I I feel like instead of the sixth mm-hmm. finger, it's probably gonna, just going to be like we're going to regress and get those monkey paws to where our hands should just get bigger and bigger to and but our arms and stuff stay the same size. I'm okay with that because then I can get like the uh, the iPhone Max and then I get the full size screen. I'm okay with that. If I get, I gotta get this. I gotta get the little one. I got little bitch hands, so I'm, I'm okay with I that. I already kind of have monkey hands, so I, I you know this is just my life in general. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. I'm I'm more interested to see what's gonna happen to like our necks. Like that's we're all gonna be hunchbacked oh. because we're all hunched over and stuff like that. I sound so boomery saying that, but you know that's just the way. It's the way it goes sometimes. Sorry, man. Sebastian, have you ever injured yourself in that um, way while playing I'm, games? I'm, I was trying to think. Um, I used to have this habit as a kid of jumping up and down whenever I got excited while playing a video game. So one time I sprained my ankle when I jumped up and down because like, I was jumping up and down and I was playing, I think it was 2K at the time, and I just did a massive dunk on someone. So I jumped up and I was like, yeah, get some. And I like sprained my ankle there. It was a little embarrassing, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. See, that's what you get. There, there is something uniquely embarrassing about injuring yourself in a video game related accident. Like it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's whether whether it is the callus or the or the Diablo finger or like a one off kind of a thing like that. Can we stop using that term? I just don't think I like the word Diablo finger. I just don't like the way that sounds. I don't like the way it sounds. Do you feel like it has a negative connotation to it, or maybe like an innuendo there? I it's an innuendo for sure, like for absolutely sure. I you say Diablo finger, and I think don't touch the <laughs> okay. devil that way. Well, you know, if anyone's gonna be no, okay I don't with that, know. if anyone's gonna be okay with that, it would be the devil. It's gonna be the devil. If there's gonna be anybody okay with it, it's gonna be the devil. Yes. I I can I can I can please stop now. <laughs> you know, I don't know if we're popular enough to get Do like. We have another topic. I don't know. I don't know God. if we're popular enough to get. Memes made from things on this show, but someone please meme this. That's all I'm going to say, and send it directly to Birdo on the Discord. Oh, okay, dear God, let's talk. If you, if you, if you, oh, just don't. <laughs> uh, or or text me uh, on the Discord, or message me on the Discord, and I'll send you uh, Birdo's email, and we can just send it directly to the source. Fuck. No, Diablo. I'm, I'm okay. Diablo with finger talk, might I'm be okay a T-shirt idea. Oh, oh, there we go. You know what we need? You know what we need? And this is really going to show my age in a in an episode that is nothing but showing my age lately. Uh, so are you guys old enough to remember uh, there was this craze in, I want to say, like the late 80s where it was shirts with like foam 
hands or fingers poking out of them like like there was some, there was like a hand reaching from under the shirt and it was poking like it had ripped through the shirt does anyone else remember this or is this some sort of fever dream i'm gonna be honest i was born in 91 so this was I, a little before my time i pray to god <laughs> this is a fever dream uh I, I will i will try to find a picture of this and we'll put it in the in the show notes please but, don't you don't this, have this, to. this was I'm a thing you don't have to do this. <laughs> i'm kind of curious i'm actually i'm actually glad i'm actually glad i'm not recording video because if if we were you would see me aging like at the end of raiders of the lost ark right now just from just from what sebastian just said so that's uh you would see me regress, re- regressing. Yeah, this is not good. But, but <laughs> I think we need a Diablo. Whole... I think a Diablo merch with a foam finger poking out of someone's chest. This sounds like something happen. like. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Honestly, let me tell you why I don't like Diablo finger. Okay. Do you remember last month we opened the show talking about a, a big, <laughs> big double-ended dildo? Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. This is worse. This I is can worse? deal with a big dildo. Don't ask. Don't don't ask for details. I can deal with a big dildo. I can't deal. With Diablo finger, I just don't like Diablo the way it finger sounds. sounds like it should be in a Saints Row game. <laughs> it should. It's, it's, it's a dildo it's, bat. It's the legend, right? but, it's but it's like it's, the legendary it's more version. Satanic. It's the legendary version. It's like the super rare version. God damn! There we go. <laughs> what if we all right. Too, too bad. Too bad. Down. Like Saints Row is all serious now. Oh my god. Yeah. Let's move on. I want to. I want to. Yeah. I want to. I want to talk briefly. Speaking of serious now, uh, talk, let's talk a little bit about Last of Us. Uh, uh, the, the the TV show. Yes, I I am I'm not watching watching it. I've not I have I have downloaded it, but I have not started watching it yet. Uh, just because I I feel like I need to be in the right headspace because I've only played the first one. I never played. That's all you need to play. I that's all you need to. You don't have to play the second one. Well, but see the things. The first one screwed me up. Like it messed uh, with I me. I think that's the point. And yes, <laughs> that's the point. Yes, but. Video games, listen, there's a misnomer that video games are supposed to be fun. And I disagree. I don't think video games have to be fun at all because I, one of my favorite games of all time is Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two. Those games are not fun. There's there's no fun, really, to be had in either of those games. I would counter they're, they're fun games, and they're good games in their own right. But I think, like, the better point here is, like, they're thought-provoking. They're not necessarily, like... The, they're absolutely. not the Mario games oh, where you're playing them just to, to relax. Or like we mentioned Fortnite or even, you know, we mentioned Fortnite and then we mentioned um, um, Titan Quest to where those are like your, your sit and relax games. Mm. This is a game that's like you're experiencing something and it's making you think and it's making you feel. And you're, you're supposed to have those deep oh, nuances, yeah. nuanced like discussions, even with like people around you or even just with yourself to where you're like, am I doing the right thing? Who am I? Like, is this character on the right path? Is there a right and wrong situation? It's supposed to make you feel these kind of things. So I think there's like, it's a genre choice more so than it is like a, a good game versus a bad oh, game. Absolutely. You know? Let me be clear. I'm, I'm 100% agree with you, Birdo. Like, I think, I think there's a huge amount of space in video games to have those really deep, you know, effective, com- you know, um, emotional experiences. But, I, like I said, the first game screwed me up emotionally, and that was before I had a daughter. Oh, that's rough. I don't. That I, I rough. don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I can. I. I for one of the other podcasts I do, I had to look up the the trailer for Three Men and a Little Lady. Okay, the sequel to Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Little Lady. I watched the trailer for that, and I cried during the trailer. Because there was a, a, okay. a little, I'm, I'm saying, I'm just saying, 
I, I, I'm not ashamed of this. But I'm saying if the trailer can affect me, I don't know if watching <laughs> watching a zombie story where a grumpy older man is taking care of of, of a young girl, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for that yet. Uh, and so that's why I'm like, I will watch it I, and I will probably enjoy it. And it's got it's got uh, Nick Offerman, who I love. You know, it, granted, I think that's just that one episode. But regardless, it. I will watch it. I just haven't yet because I feel like I need to like brace myself a little bit for it. Let me tell you something. Okay. Cause you mentioned, you mentioned the Nick Offerman, uh, bill episode. Uh, okay. So first of all, yes, you need to watch it. There's no question about it. You have to Will it fuck you up a thousand percent. The bill episode, episode three, I was a, so I was good. an emotional wreck so from good. start to finish and was for days after what I will say and I don't know if you've been paying attention at all online to the discourse about about the about the show, um, you know, and, and how it's being adapted because they are taking where where applicable, they are taking creative liberties and making changes and adjustments where it makes sense. And what I what I recommend, what I strongly recommend for anybody who's watching the show and has played the game, you need to listen to the companion podcast that drops right after the episode. It is hosted by um, Troy Baker. Troy Baker, yep, Troy Baker, uh, and Neil Druckmann is on it. As is the um, the the showrunner. Um, what's his face? Uh, I can't think of his name. But they they do the podcast and they talk about you know the episode and then changes and why there are changes and they talk about like well in a game you're playing you're an act participant so like all the sneaking and stuff like that that's part of the gameplay it helps build suspense but when you're watching. You don't you don't have that right, so there's not going to be as much of that in in the show, and then um, for episode three, and I'm not gonna I'm not obviously not gonna spoil anything, but for episode three, they take a huge departure from Bill's story in the game to to adapt it to to an hour fifteen minute long episode, and it's and it's the longest episode of the, of the show thus far, um, and and the changes made are. I don't. I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to risk spoiling any facet of this episode. But it had me an emotional wreck from start to finish. And it takes a character who, yeah, I loved Bill in, in, in the game, but your interaction with Bill is short. You 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 spend what maybe an hour with him in, in the game, if if that. And they flesh out his story in a way that I. Even through the trailers, whatnot, did not. I, I had no idea this is where they're going to go with this, with with the, with the story. Um, what they were able to do with just that character, with just this character, gives me so much hope for the rest of this season. And they've already announced it's been greenlit for season two. Presumably, one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to fill in the space between part one and part two, of which there's several years, I believe. Or they're gonna they're gonna go right into uh, uh, part two, which I hope they don't do. I hope they do something else. I hope they actually fill in the space between part one and part two. I think it's been confirmed that this is like season two is dedicated to part two. Is it? I kinda, yeah. Uh, that that sucks a little bit, only because I think there's so based off of what they did for for Bill's story, it's clear that there is so much more they can tell between those two, and I think it would. Of course, if if season two is as good as season one has started out, then season two is going to be amazing. And and, and part two is such a, a, it is somehow a much darker, much darker game 
than the first one, uh, which is why it got a lot of mixed reviews because it is so dark and so, so heavy. Um, they could always do like a, think, a Fear the Walking I Dead too. Be, they could always do a Fear the Walking Dead thing where they have a second show where they do the other off. stories. I, yes, where they do I the would, other stories. I would still like to stay with Ellie though, but just tell what happens between episodes part part one and, and, and part two because there's years of history there. And yeah, they they do an okay job, right? You you kind of understand when you play two, you kind of understand where her headspace is at 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 the beginning, but there's. I mean, it's just you have a blank, you have a blank canvas, you know, with this with this shoe. It's just like with Star Wars properties, and they and they stick on the Skywalker family. Like there's this whole big universe out there, and you're stuck on this one family, right? Um, I thought that they should have gone outside. Like when they finished this one, you know what? Why tell the story of Ellie and Joel at all? The whole world's affected by by this stuff, right? So tell us, show us something cool in. Another part of the country, another country, go to go to Europe, right? Go to go to Asia. This is the, we, we you know we know that this 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 infection has spread across the planet. Like I just think it would be cool if they took some more liberties and and fleshed it out. But you know whatever. Two points on that. I do think I agree with you that there's plenty of flexibility to add some add a little bit of like difference into like this with another character or with some side characters or even like tell a different story in this universe but i don't feel like you do that from the outset like i think you have like so many people kind of hear the last of us and they they expect that ellie and joel story they want they want to see how that story plays out and i think you establish the ip very similar to what they're doing now and then you do a house of the dragon so to speak to where you do do mm. a because, I mean, like, you only get one first impression in life. I mean, it's just the law law of life. It's like for everything that they – you have to come out of the gate swinging. And for everything you miss out on that first impression, like, you'll never get those those viewers back. Like, it, it's hard – it's harder to gain viewers outside of that first impression than, than it is, like, out, than it is, like, regularly. So I think that's the reason why they did the, the Ellie and Joel story. But – to spin off on what you were talking about earlier with um like the direction of part two, and this is very non-spoilers, but like for season two, there's a part in part two. I'm not gonna spoil the the game, but like there's a very real part of that game where it divide where you can clearly see this is the halfway point of that game. The season two mm-hmm. of this game, oh, the season two of that that story could just be, hey, we get to that part to where it's the halfway point in like in the last of us part two and that could be the end of season two and then it spirals into season three from there into season three yeah i could i could i could see that and i, and I wasn't saying that they shouldn't have done joel and ellie's story mm-hmm. for season one they absolutely should have what the, what, what they are doing is perfect i mean i i didn't know how i was going to feel about the show going into it right this is a this is this is a story that means so much to so many people um and is impactful initially the way it was because you were the story right you played it you made these things happen and yeah there's no decision it's a linear story and it, and it just happens where it happens but you play it right you are invested in the story because you're doing it and to turn that into a passive experience i was on the fence like i mean i knew it was gonna be high quality as far as like it's it's an hbo show right they don't they don't do low quality um that i can think of off the top of my head i and i wasn't sort of the casting initially i i think bella ramsey's fine I, I enjoyed her in game of thrones um obviously i like um pedro pascal I, I love what he does with mandalorian and some of the other stuff that he's done and game of thrones as well um speaking of which um but i wasn't sold on this 
adaptation needing to exist and god because other other adaptations have have been horrible right uh especially live action ones okay some of the animated stuff on netflix is fantastic castlevania is a shining example but for a live action adaptation i just didn't know how it was going to go and three three episodes in i am just floored floored and i really just cannot wait to see what happens what happens next i i mean i i know what happens next in the game but clearly with the 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 choices they're able to make and some of the differences they're able to inject into the story while having it still follow the overarching story i am enthralled by this show and can't wait to see how it goes evan put it on your bucket list get oh, over it's there it. it's there that first episode because that first episode you know what's going to happen that first episode you played the game you as a parent as a dad you know that first episode is going to fuck you oh up, yeah and it will fuck you yeah. up but get over it so two things and then we'll wrap up on this first semi-serious point that my counter argument again i don't know i, I played the first one a few years ago, so I'm like I'm not super connected to the story. Like I, I honestly, when people were like, "Oh, this is the Bill episode," I don't I don't even remember who Bill was. So so that so I'm not connected to the story. So this could be a completely stupid point I'm gonna about to make. But you're, t- you're talking about you, you want to see what it's like in in Asia or Europe or whatever. And to me, Last of Us is the story of of Ellie. And without that, it's just kind of another zombie story. Like if I don't it, know what it feels I don't like know what else you could do without it being tied to Ellie for you. Yeah, or mm-hmm. any other worldwide zombie movie. You know, like I, I doesn't feel like yes, yes, I know they're not zombies. It's a fungal, it's a fungal thing, whatever. But beyond beyond like the the nitty gritty little details, I don't see, and I don't think you see enough from those games, at least the first one of what the rest of that world looks like to, to make that interesting. Like, I feel like you need those characters and you need that perspective. And, and I think that's what makes that effective. That said, there's nothing saying you couldn't write something that would be really good. For so that. can I interrupt yeah. for half a second? And I really apologize. Yeah. They address that very in part two in the beginning in part, they? Okay. In the second episode. Oh, in the second episode. Okay. And they do, and they do a masterful job of saying, they they give you, they give you a very detailed origin story, and they make it very clear, this exists well beyond Joel and Ellie, and they, because we we know, but they show it in such an amazing and clever way. Uh, yeah. Oh, and it's hard. Oh, it so hits good. really hard. And, and this and this could absolutely be just my general just watch my it, general Evan. burnout just, just on zombie stories too. Like I I, I generally find zombie stories very boring because I feel like it is a that is a dry well, uh, and it, it's uh, and to me the most effective zombie stories or any sort of worldwide catastrophe story is always the small stories. I don't necessarily need to know like World War Z for me was like kind of boring because like I don't need that the like I've seen that. What are the global, you know, ramifications of a zombie plague? Like I, I, I get that, and I've seen that done, but I, that doesn't interest me anymore. It's it, it is those tiny stories. It's those those individual stories of survival and and all of that 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 make that interesting to me. Second 
less serious point, uh, and then we'll wrap up here. I am endlessly confused by Bella Ramsey because I keep thinking that's the character she played in Game of Thrones because I haven't watched Game of Thrones either. So I, when people refer to her as Bella Ramsey, like that name sounds like a Game of Thrones character. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing. I'm like, she's like wait, wait, that's her the real what? queen, or oh, not huh? the queen, the the whatever, whatever her title was. Yeah. Because, yes, her last name is a very Game of Thrones. Well, and Bella, Bella is also one of those. I mean, Bella is also one of those too. So, uh, I mean, to to clarify here, Ramsey was a character in Game of Thrones. I know. Yes. See, yeah, <laughs> so, this is my point. The confusion makes sense. This is my point. I'm just saying. I'm I'm not saying she needs to change her name just for my benefit, but I wouldn't say no. If she wanted oh, to. I'm glad she's happy. About <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, I, I like to think I'm reasonable, you know. Yeah, Liana Mormont was her character in um, Game of Thrones. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the. But it could have it could have been Liana uh, Ramsey. Yeah. Would have yeah. fit right in. She could have been one of the other Ram. Because Ramsey was the asshole, like the real badass. Yeah, Ramsey right? Bolton. His last name was Bolton. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the fucker. He cut off uh, Th- Th- Theo Theo Greyjoy. Th- well, that guy's dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cut off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was uh, like besides Joffrey, probably one of the most despised characters in the show. You know, it's very interesting on not Game of Thrones, but on The Last of Us, it's very interesting on like how this show is executed. And I think like one of the bigger conversations is like how this will affect like video game adaptations going forward. I think that's the more interesting mm-hmm. point line of here, like because for years we've always gotten those video game adaptations to where like. They've always been mid to bad or like, eh, that was good for a video game adaptation. This is this mm-hmm. is now like competing. I guarantee you this this wins an Emmy. Like this is like one of those those shows oh, sure. where like everyone stopped and taking and taking notice. Like this show episode for episode has gained viewership. And and, th- and that's like extremely impressive because it's already debuted as one of HBO's highest debuted shows of all time. But like this show is show this show should be like the blueprint for like studios going forward of like this is how you make a video game adaptation like if you're going to do a show like we already know they're going to do a god of war we already know they're going to do horizon forbidden west or horizon zero dawn we already know that you're going to do a gran turismo and a um what was the other one and a twisted metal i'm like don't do those shows if you can't do it to at least this quality Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm, Here's the thing, though. It's easy to make a really dramatic, really well-written show based on a really dramatic, really well-written, well-written game. I'll be more impressed when we get the Blaster Master TV show, and that makes me cry. <laughs> there you go. There, that's I, I I'm throwing the gauntlet down. I know, wanna, I, I know we were trying to wrap this thing yeah. up, but it, it might be easy to write. I think for and you and you you mentioned it, God of War. That's going to be hard to cast. How do you cast Kratos? And I don't want to actually get into the discussion about it, but that one, the casting for Kratos is so vital to because they're making that show. Yeah. That's going to be a thing. So how do you cast? Who the hell? Who do you cast? Dave, Dave Batista. I I don't want to get into it. He's not big enough. Kratos is massive in that, in that universe. And yes, Batista is huge. I don't think Batista's big enough. You're not, you're not going to get anyone big enough that's going to be able to maintain that body for that long to do a whole season. That's little. what I'm saying. I think God of Worship is an animated thing, but we're getting way off we topic. We are way off topic. Evan, uh, bring us home. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. 
So, Sebastian. We'll do it live. Thank you once again for coming on the show. Pro Nerd Report is the uh, is the show. It's you got podcasts, you got websites, you got all sorts of things. G- give us give us again that spiel. Tell us all about the stuff. Yeah, you you can find us at the the Single Player Experience Podcast. It's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. It, it, the Single Player Podcast is a podcast for single player gamers to want to uh, hear and find out about like the good single player games that they want to play. If you have uh, if you are looking for like an indie game or like a triple A darling or if you want to find out whether or not like what is the the hottest games you should be playing every single month? We got you covered right there. We also have deep dive dev interviews. We also have like interviews with authors where they'll tell you about their video game backlogs and what they've been playing lately. So if you just want to hear other people and, uh, about like what they've been playing and why like these games are actually good single player experiences, definitely check out the single player experience podcast. But guys, I thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for not sticking to Evan's assumption that you would be an asshole. So I will, I will say, yes. So, so So. for for people that weren't listening before the show, it's better if they don't know the backstory, just know that you assumed our guest would be an asshole because his name is Sebastian. And I just want to thank him for proving your point wrong. That's all. First off, I, I it's agree. It's better with you. out of context. I agree. I agree with you that he didn't necessarily <laughs> prove me wrong. I just said he he, he definitely broke the combo. No. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Sebastian, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a, an absolute uh, pleasure. Um, yeah, thanks. Well, we'll have to have you on again. Maybe uh, maybe for season two of the. Uh, I almost said the Walking Dead. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was of, a few uh, years ago. The last of yeah, us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm like, anytime you ne- you just need a nerd, I'm all encompassing. Whether it be video games or or a- anime or anything under the sun, like I play all the major video games, especially on the single player side of things. So if you ever need another guest to who, to just talk about some dope content uh, as far as those games are concerned, just hit your boy up. I'll be ready. Plan. So Thank you. Do, do you have Do you have a co-host for any for your single player? Podcast? It's, I usually do a rotating one, so I'm like. It, I usually do it based on everyone's area of expertise, so to speak. And, you know, like some for some people like who are experts in like horror games, I'll bring them in for like if we have like an episode where we deep dive into horror centric stuff, like say, for example, like Hogwarts Legacy is coming up. I'll probably have like a extreme Potterhead on that show um, or someone who's like nuanced in that area. Like I usually bring like a Souls expert on for like when we talk about games like like um, Elden Ring or Thymesia or like you know Sekiro or different things like that so I usually try to have someone who's like an expert in that so I'm like you know it just kind of really depends like based on this conversation you know like if I do an episode on uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake or Final Fantasy 7 I know Birdo's the guy to call and if I need a, a guy for for mm-hmm. a titan quest i know evan i got you i got your number on that one so i i know you're no the guy one's to call ever for that no one. one's ever gonna call no one's ever gonna call me for titan quest uh, i'm just saying for a single player podcast having a co-host seems a little hypocritical just saying as yeah all. yeah it does but i mean like you know, i would probably say 65 percent of the episodes are me doing it solo where i am just you know like just giving you like bite-sized gaming recommendations or like well, um, we have like what I like to call a write-in where they can write in at thepronerdreport.com and just write in a, a question and we address that question for that particular episode. And, you know, we, ha- nice. we really have a good time doing that. But like, 
Yeah, outside of those, that 65%, maybe maybe I'm being a little generous here, maybe 50-50, but like outside of that, I, I do like having another person to like feed off of and really talk about some good single-player experiences. Oh, I and of course, I'm just kidding. Of course. Nah, all love, man, all love. Not who's being the asshole. Birdo, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Birdo, I, I figured I'd take the pressure off you because that's normally your role. I'm supposed to be the nice guy. Is that? I think Thank that's you. how that works. I'm not. I don't. I don't know I if that's appreciate true. It. I appreciate it. Thank you both. It's it's been awesome. Thanks, guys. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And one final note. Uh, I, I was googling 3D foam T-shirts, uh, and I haven't found any good examples from the 80s. But uh, there, you can get a lot of bra photos apparently because Google doesn't work. I guess. Um, but there you go. There's there's your little tidbit for the day. That's the thing you just learned. Megadad's Checkpoint is powered by Pants and part of Megadads.org, where the Birdo is inescapable. Just don't even try. I can deal with a big dildo. You want to cry about it? Go cry to somebody who cares. It ain't me.